Elon Musk knows why the Cybertruck window failed, allegedly. And who's excited about Nickelodeon content coming to CBS All Access? We, we are. are. Stay tuned for your Daily Charge. Welcome to the Daily Charge. It's Tuesday, November 26th. I'm Aya Zaktar. And I'm Mike Sorrentino. And let's get to today's headlines. Do you guys remember the Tesla Cybertruck? I mean, of course you do. It seems as though everyone has an opinion of the Angular vehicle. At the unveiling, Elon Musk wanted to show off how strong the Cybertruck was. So they took a sledgehammer to it. Then there was a demo of the Tesla Armor Glass. A fellow threw a metal ball at the Armor Glass window at the Cybertruck and it cracked. Twice, Elon Musk explained what happened in a tweet. He says the, quote, sledgehammer impact on door cracked base of glass, which is why steel ball didn't bounce off. Should have done steel ball on window, then sledgehammer the door. Next time. Mike, did Elon Musk just explain how to break into every Cybertruck in the future? And perhaps like personal property right now that you should not do. It's illegal. Um, Elon Musk, I think he has this art to the press conferences. They, they fall apart on him a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember when they were describing, I think it was self-driving technology. They put a person on stage who was an engineer, but didn't wasn't briefed on how to media train through explaining it to normal people. So I remember he came out and was like, hey, we're going through a lot of like different like aspects, but to boil it down, it's going to be really cool. I remember him having to like sort of like by surprise seem to boil down. Yeah, these, these demonstrations usually go poorly. Do you think it's by design at this point? Like, is this like the gimmick? Because like the Cybertruck's image alone got people talking. It didn't matter that the windows broke or uh, it could take a sledgehammer hit or if, if it can or not pull a Ford F-150 up a hill that's pulling the other way. It's just that, do they need these stunts to get people talking? Um, <laughs> I just continually picture when he sold the flamethrower mm -hmm. using Instagram by running at the camera and how irresponsible that was. Um, so uh, it seems to be their shtick at this point. They're always ready for, maybe they're always ready for contingencies. Like, I don't think they purposely broke the glass in the truck, but... <laughs> Well, they had to stand there awkwardly I mean, and be like, yeah, that, that's going to be, that's strong. You want to believe it. Yeah. There like, you go. Oh, yeah. Back to, back to R&D just a little bit. Maybe that's why it has such a low, like, But it's sold. It's still sold. So it's like, I don't know, like, Tesla, Tesla seems to be able to sell anything. Elon Musk, in particular, between his different companies, seems to be able to sell anything branded somehow. Yeah. That that car, though, uh, <laughs> polarizing, to say the least. Yeah, it looks like, like a bad Back to the Future thing. But but again, like 144,000-ish pre-orders. I, I had that number wrong, mm -hmm. I'm sure. But That's it was still in insane. Right, let's talk about streaming. Next up, CBS All Access is getting more children's programming with Nickelodeon content coming in January. Disclosure time, Nickelodeon is owned by Viacom, which is set to merge with CBS in December. CBS is the parent of CNET. Mike and I are not related. Not to our knowledge. Okay, Sorry. back to the news. That would be a totally different news story. The press release mentioned that All Access now has new seasons of Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and the new Danger Mouse. All CBS All Access kids programming will be available without commercials. There is no information as to which Nick properties are coming to the service. Maybe SpongeBob, but that's unknown. Mike, how many of these streaming services can the market really stand? Should have Nick just done their own on their, just by themselves, even though they're Viacom and everything else? It's so confusing. Nickelodeon in particular just announced a deal with Netflix. Mm -hmm. um, and they've had some direct to uh, Netflix movies over the past few months with uh, a Rocco's Modern Life uh, movie and Invader Zim movie. Um, 
it's just the game now. You could either have a service or you could play between multiple services. And that's across the entertainment industry at, at large now. Like some people are still making shows for traditional television and at the same time have a Netflix deal as well and are able to swing both sides. Um, in this case, we don't know exactly which Nickelodeon shows are going to be coming to CBS All Access right now. We know of some classic ones like Inspector Gadget mm-hmm. and Madeline was in the release. Bob the Builder, I think, is the one with the most the, the most episodes of the most notor- notoriety at the very least. Notorious, yes. Yeah, Bob the Builder, I was <laughs> hitting things with hammers. Yes. We were going where before we went live, like the uh, network history of that. There's a lot of networks that Bob the Builder mm-hmm. has been on. Um, it's just the game. Like everyone's trying to lock down, lock down different content deals and... Will they all survive? Probably not, but that's a, it's a long game for everybody right now. Yeah, I think a smart play would be to see these things not exclusively running on one thing or the other. I don't know if the deal said it was exclusive or not, whatever programming is showing up. Ooh. Because a lot of Nickelodeon stuff is on Hulu right now, and Disney owns the lion's share of that. So will Nickelodeon's TMNT disappear from it once it's on All Access or what's going on there? Because there's nothing saying, and this is I know this sounds wild, nothing saying you can't have your content on multiple services. Like, what's the harm in that? Yeah, I don't. I honestly don't think anything in it said the word exclusive. I'm looking at the press release right now just to double check as fast as I can, um, which can mean, yeah, that Nickelodeon kind of could live on multiple platforms based on what that audience is. Like, there was um, some animated shows that I was watching on Hulu for a time that I believe are still there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Netflix movies I mentioned earlier. Um, there's another service... Um, it's called The Splat, but it's within another service inside of it where you can watch just classic Nickelodeon shows as well. The Splat? I believe it's called The Splat. That I sounds to, about I right. I need to check. Uh, but if you Google Nickelodeon Classic Service, you'll find it. Um, and I think it's about, it's like between five and seven and is just those 90s shows that people grew up with. However, if you really like those 90s shows, you can also buy them probably at a cheaper rate than paying per month on it. And you would know where it is. Yes. If you buy it, you're like, oh, yes, it's that one service. If you're interested in CBS All Access, there's no free version. There's a $6 Mm -hmm. one with limited commercials or with commercials. $10 without commercials. Although I do, I'm always a fan of services, including Hulu, which has done this. No ads for kids shows because... Mm That's somewhat irresponsible and insane. Mm. You're like, oh, great, let's buy that new thing. And lastly, let's look at some renders of the Galaxy S11. 91 Mobiles is working with OnLeaks to put together these images. Let's take a look at them. They definitely look like Samsung styling. They look like there's a big rectangular uh, camera array on the back. The post says the handset could have as many as five sensors on the back. Three of them would be cameras. One would be a time of flight sensor. The last one is a mystery. Mike, what do you think of this? It should Okay, let's let's focus on the thing that most people will look at, the camera bump. Mm-hmm. It's huge. It's massive. Five cameras, one rectangle. Um it's almost like why? Like at this point, if you're gonna keep cramming in more and more sensors, um, I remember a few years ago, Amazon had put out a phone that wasn't shy at all about having cameras all over the place. To be fair, that phone was trying to create a 3D effect by mm-hmm. using the cameras to scan your face, but it was still like a lot of cameras inside of a phone. You may as well like maybe spread them out. When you're pointing a camera at a person, it's the whole back of the phone anyway. So why not spread them out a little bit? Unless there's a, I don't know, maybe a hand grunge thing, perhaps? I don't know. It, yeah, maybe you could just uh, have a hand cutout and then everywhere else between the fingers are the cameras. Because the other thing is Samsung's actually had more elegant designs when it comes to their camera arrays on the back. They used to have this simple strip that was running across the device. Mm-hmm. This moving to the side kind of uh, positioning seems more like what Google has done, what Apple's done. I don't know why there's this dead set idea of 
moving it to this asymmetrical thing as opposed to doing this in a centered location. Why is this happening? Also, why this many cameras at this point? Like, I feel like when you do that, you also, especially if you're doing it on your your mainstream uh, phone, you need to tell the, the customer what's the point of them. I remember Nokia had a phone a few years back that I think moved up to like six or seven cameras on the back. But um, in testing, it didn't take... It was like, yeah, there's there's this many cameras on it, but it didn't take that much better of a photo. Yeah, more is definitely not necessarily better when it comes to camera phones or mm-hmm. uh, f- phone camera phones, cameras mm-hmm. on phones, because it's all about how the software puts together the images. Because mm-hmm. if you have uh, different exposures for different cameras, you got black and white dedicated uh, sensors, you got all of these different things, you could have a really great image. Google's shown that off with one camera on the Pixel for the longest time. So... I think, though, Samsung is probably preying on the idea of we've got lots and lots of cameras, and hopefully that means their AR will be better, their depth sensing will be better, their portrait images would be better. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's it definitely style-wise looks pedestrian for um, Samsung. It's also worth noting, I think, because it's Black Friday week anyway, um, like if there have there been phones that have had like ridiculously high megapixel counts on their cameras, but as you mentioned with software, if the software doesn't put the image together well, it do, there's no point then. Like you could have a 48 megapixel sensor in your camera, but it doesn't do anything if it comes out looking bad when you actually want to post it and send it to a family member. So we'll find out when this is released, what, February or March? Of course, like if it's real. Yes, if that's real, because, you know, who knows? This is a yeah, report. Maybe Samsung will be like, we're not doing any more S-phones. That's it. It's over. <laughs> for The Daily Charge, I'm Aya Zaktar. And I'm Mike Sorrentino. Thanks for joining us. Can't get enough? Check out The Daily Supercharge, our extended post show with special features, audience Q&A, and in-depth reviews. Available now wherever you get your podcasts.